1: Welcome to the Billboard Sharpie Podcast. Gary Trash, Billboard Senior Director of Charts, and hey guys, it's
2: Trevor Anderson, a HR manager here at Billboard,
1: and we have a third this week. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, so this is Andrew Unterberger, senior editor. Uh, always a pleasure to, to join Sharpie Podcast.
1: All right, so this is uh, our last Billboard Sharpie Podcast of 2018. So we're doing another fishbowl podcast. So we did this before with you, Andrew, uh, where we just put a bunch of topics into. It's not really a fishbowl. I think it's an award.
2: 2000 Supplier of the Year for
1: Billboard Bulletin. All these years later, has a, has a good use. Quite an honor, yeah. Uh, so we're going to just uh, pull topics out of, well, let's keep calling it the fishbowl. Uh, different things about 2018, maybe things coming up next year. Uh, we've only seen our own comments that we put in here, so some of them we'll be prepared for. Good luck to us all. Uh, so uh, we've also got a special guest coming up uh, later on. DJ Airworm Every year he does the United State of Pop mashup uh, This year he's uh, done another great one So we're going to talk about that And uh, I've always kind of wondered how, how that gets put together Is it uh, something he's uh, thinking about Non-stop throughout the year So uh, we'll talk to him about that Here a little bit of uh, this year's United State of Pop mashup uh, Trevor this was your your idea originally The Fishbowl You want to have first honors? Let's, um, Let's really
2: get those rustling
3: sounds I guess I know right? Oh wow Ooh, natural sounds. <laughs> Biggest surprise hit of 2018. I'll say shallow. Shallow. I think shallow. I thought of too. I mean, there's so much with the whole Stars Born saga from the development hell that it went through, and it was supposed to be with Beyonce and Clint Eastwood a few years ago, and, and Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper got onto it, and it got some waves, and I don't know if anybody thought it would be sort of as well, A, I guess, well done or received as it had been. We saw with Gaga's last album that that really wasn't um, what was setting setting the pop audiences on fire. And obviously, Shallow itself, it's not a song that sounds like a bonafide radio hit. There are plenty of other songs on the soundtrack, I think, um, that be- you may think are more accessible, more fun, especially when she, Ally, the
2: character, becomes sort of a more pop star.
1: Maybe because it's more organic and, and mm. feels like it wasn't made to be a hit. Maybe uh, Maybe that's why it became oh, okay. such a big hit.
2: Uh, and, yeah, that was definitely one of the first ones that I thought of, too. Uh, another couple, uh, sort of in the same vein as last year's uh, Feel It Still by Portugal The Man, where you were kind of watching that climb the chart, uh, climb, climb the Hot 100 like week by week, thinking, oh, wow, now it hit the top four. That's pretty unusual. Now it's top 20. Now it's top 10. Wow, like how far is it going to go? Had the same sort of thing with uh, two bands that had previous charts exist, but never never quite to this level, and that's uh, Five Seconds of Summer with Youngblood and Pack at the Disco with High Hopes, both of which mm-hmm. uh, ended up being their respective highest-charting Hot high 100 hits, I think, at a point where most people would, would feel like uh, their their respective moments as kind of you know pop hit makers you know, sort of run their course, uh, you know, five seconds of summer. We're actually not that far removed from their kind of commercial heyday, if you want to call that. That was really only four years ago that they came out with uh, She Looks So Perfect and uh, Amnesia and a couple of their other big songs from that album. But they they'd released a second album. that didn't do quite as well, and it seemed like their kind of sound had maybe plateaued as a, as a radio you know as a, as a radio friendly format. And here they come with Youngblood, which which you know it's a different sound for them. Is maybe a little bit more you know a little, little bit more pop influence, a little bit more top forty friendly, but it still sounds like still sounds like a band, still sounds like a group of young guys. And right. uh, and then uh, Panic at the Disco, who. You know, they they hadn't hit the top ten since their first hit in two thousand and six right. uh, with the sins not tragedies, and you know they, they'd reinvented several times since then to become less of a, of a conventional rock band, more of a sort of a, 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 a singular operation of of of, uh, of Brendan Urie. More of a, you know, another more pop-friendly sound, but uh, again, like you know, he, even though he was still uh, selling out stadiums or arenas and and uh, you know debuting on the top of the albums chart, he hadn't had really a, a major pop hit in a while. And then all of a sudden, High Hopes comes out, and that's you know, I think I think that's still climbing. It's like number six and still still maybe going up.
1: Yeah, I was at the Bruins game in Boston a couple of weeks ago, and yes, I have to get that reference. Go in. bees! Yeah, uh, but uh, the arena—it sounds like a church organ—at one point played the instrumental of wow. High Hopes. And instantly, mm-hmm. a woman in front of me, she was uh, got all excited, started singing along. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's hit that mass appeal. We're yeah, uh, just hearing hearing that instrumental. So, but mm-hmm. uh, again, both both good songs, uh, a- and and both uh, pop rock too. Mm-hmm. Which in a year when uh, it was mostly hip hop, for those to cut through. <laughs> I guess I'd go with uh, boot up. LMA, which maybe we even mentioned in the summer when we maybe had the same question, but uh, in a year when it was all hip-hop and it was all pop, uh, for whatever wasn't a hip-hop, a little bit of rock, it just feels like the one genre that's been getting squeezed out is pure R&B. Uh, great song. But uh, for it to cut through and, and uh, go top five on the Hot 100, I think in a year when uh, nothing else has really sounded like that, or if it does, it, it's it's a little less accessible and it's uh, more that neo soul kind of a sound. This had just uh, the right amount of commercial uh, appeal to make it work, and kind of nice that uh, that cut through trip as well. So maybe that leads to more next year. Yeah. Who wrote this? This is my question. This is this is Gary. Okay, so I can talk so so much. About this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So am I next year?
3: We normally would go to the dealer's left, but I guess we'll you know, Almost, break the right. card
2: conventions here. It's just cool. Oh, cool. Excuse me. I'm, I have been invited to your poker. Nice, Trevor. Uh, all right. Ooh, typed out. Wow. Okay. So this is, I, I guess this is Trevor's because it's certainly not mine. It's not in Gary's handwriting either. Yeah. And it is about the most under-the-radar story of the year.
0: I'm a match. She can
2: I'll, I'll stay in the kind of the alt uh, vein here and say that I, that one of the most interesting and unexpected things in general of this year was the success of uh, She's Kerosene by The Interrupters, which uh, I, don't, I don't I don't, know. It, it never hit the Hot 100, so maybe it uh, hasn't made an appearance on the Chartbeat podcast yet, but it was uh, a pretty straightforward ska punk song, uh, which there has not been any trace of on the radio in any format since 1998, maybe 1999, something like that. Uh, kind of came out of nowhere, you know. Sort of debuted low on the charts, and it's the same sort of thing with the Five Seconds of Summer and Panic songs, where it just kind of kept climbing. And uh, me and Chris Payne, who the the uh, kind of resident rock expert, we would check it every week, like, oh, is it still going up? It's still like... And it, it, I don't know if it portends a full scale ska revival as we had in the late '90s, and then before that in the late '70s, it seems like it's kind of an every twenty year sort of thing. So maybe that's maybe that's something to watch out for in 2019, or it could just be one of the year's weirdest one offs. But uh, that that was the story that I was fascinated by this year.
1: I guess I'll go uh, 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 platform-wise. We've mentioned digital song sales just uh, always trending down, but uh, just hit more new lows this Mm -hmm. year, almost to the point where uh, I kind of wonder, why would you buy a download at this point? There's so many other options, other ways to get a song. I guess part of it is uh, if you've grown Mm -hmm. up, just used to that in the last 15 years or so. But... uh, you know, I feel like it's been mentioned, but I'm not sure it's been uh, the the point where uh, it's. A, are we at the end of download? How low does it have to go before, uh, you know, when does Apple or just still uh, the, the the main source of of downloads? When do they decide ultimately? This this just doesn't make any sense to
2: keep doing this. Yeah, I mean, I know some people who use purchasing a song as almost like a reward for that song. And okay, this is this has been going to be a considerable part of my music listing this year, so I'll I'll reward it with the 99 or 199 or whatever, but. That's not enough to base a yeah. business model off of certainly, and and you're right that there is no real practice. I mean, on, on days where not not only is streaming an option, but uh, offline streaming is more accessible than it's ever been before. It's, it's it's pretty rare that you actually need to have a physical copy of a song uh, to, to listen to it. So yeah, it, it's it's a good question, and and it's also but but it also makes the chart a little bit more interesting, I think, because it's so. The, the the digital sales songs chart is, is, is so removed from the streaming world at this point that you can have something like uh, like Avril Lavigne's Head Above Water nowhere to be found in the streaming world pretty minimal radio presence but because of that of, of that sales stronghold it still was, it was a factor on the charts and so you, I think that's interesting uh, same with uh, Lauren Deagle's You Say uh, a couple other songs and and Shallow I think was a big a big driving factor oh, yeah. in the success of Shallow so it, it's interesting to me I,
1: I'd, I'd still I still think labels have an opportunity and uh, to, to do more with, with actual physical product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's the point of this point? Uh, owning owning a, a download a If you're going yeah. to own something at this point, you think you'd want maybe a nice-looking product. So I think they should keep putting out uh, different versions of, of you know, big stars, albums, so there's actually something that's collectible about it. I feel like that's where, where at this point, there, there probably isn't a whole lot of opportunity for physical sales, but I think that's kind of uh, the thinking that uh, probably should be followed.
3: Are you talking more... On the compact disc level? Because I mean, I think yeah. vinyl sales certainly have, you know, that's that's sort of an area where people are trying to make a collector's item. Because with right. CDs, I mean, essentially people don't have CD players anymore. There's, I guess there's less value in owning a shrink-wrapped CD some, some, just some, to have some it. Some people still do. Some people. St-
1: When's the last time you used your CD player? At this point, if I still get a CD, it's kind of more just to have it as a souvenir that's, I can't say yeah I'm popping CDs into the still in my car occasionally I've got a yeah. changer
2: in the trunk right. but, uh, that's about it Yeah, a changer in the changer Wait, that trunk not to brag or anything in the trunk, in the trunk. I, yeah.
3: oh my god that's, uh, just reach so back you, while you're driving the, the,
2: yeah. the, the car used to belong to my dad it, it came with a CD player he had it de-installed and put in a tape player instead which, which actually, to be fair, is now more useful because I can use the, uh, the, the one of those you know transfer cassettes and then listen to my my phone off of it. We couldn't do that with the CD player, so I think my dad might have been secretly ahead of his time in that respect. Yeah, uh, okay, okay, It's one way <laughs> to, to
1: kind of MacGyver <laughs> it, I guess. Yeah, sure. This sounds like the under the radar story of 2018. very, yeah. very. The, the Unterberger Trunk.
2: Yeah, yeah. uh, yeah. Unterberger the radar, sure. Yeah. Uh, oh sure. Wow. Uh, yes, that's good. That's, good that's right? Pretty good. That's pretty good. That's not right. bad. You get to answer the question. Um.
3: Okay. Um. Gosh, I I would say. I actually, kind of like the the CD albums things, but I would say, I'm I'm curious about the future. I guess in particular of SoundCloud as when we talk about SoundCloud rap, I guess in particular it g- it gave this boom. I think to to that service, and I think it it it, it obviously we saw a lot of hits Juice World and and Melly and the rest of them. But it's funny because I think now you know SoundCloud for a while was was the was the middleman who sort of bubbled up a lot of these hits and you know once they got to be big on these platforms the labels would swoop in and take all these credit and now it feels like like that's happening less and less and i think it's interesting that that whether the labels are much much smarter in and seeking these out at a much more granular level i can't really remember the last couple of songs in the past if it, it like every month there was somebody bubbling up like oh this month's flavor of the month is this person this person mm-hmm. and it feels like that that trend is slowed down in the past
2: couple of months and it's possible. I mean, like I, I, I didn't see the the little baby and Gunna takeover happening at the beginning of the year. Certainly, I don't know if I don't know if I mean I don't know if they're officially SoundCloud minted or not. But certainly, they're they're part of that kind of you know like not conventional you know, mumble rap, if you want to call it wave. And though there were the you know, little babies releasing three mixtapes a year, and and now all of them are charting six or seven songs on the Hot 100 in their debut week. Uh So yeah, I mean that that's a, that's a success story, certainly. Well, I'm not saying that. Well, I'm not saying that the people, are, the the SoundCloud rappers, are not
3: successful or whoever. You just lessed like the, the label involvement. I'm just I'm just saying I I think that that for that service in particular, like it mm. felt like SoundCloud, which was dying off a few years ago, you know, in major trouble. For right. some, it felt like this, you know, SoundCloud as discovery platform. It really became like the like. I guess, most, most mainstream underground community, if you wanted to know what was popping, that was not yet on Spotify, on Apple. Now it feels like that middleman has been jumped once okay. again, that labels are much more intuitive, on the ground, researching or whatever. And so, interestingly, like at, like as a future, it felt like SoundCloud to me, like, okay, this will be its, its niche, its relevance. And that's sort of been... Taken up already, and I think that's kind of like 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 an interesting thing that that oh it, it felt like SoundCloud could be saved with this, and now it's probably going to be back on the ground soon.
1: Well, just like uh, when you say SoundCloud rap, it's like now that's that's an accepted term. Yeah, it's and, a genre and, into itself.
3: It almost like SoundCloud rap, like it it's almost it's almost like become trap. Like one of these words that has lost meaning because mm-hmm. it feels like every you know if you're a rapper who started on SoundCloud, you're a SoundCloud rapper, which at one point it meant a sound, and now it just means sort of.
1: But but it's kind of like, and this doesn't happen too often throughout the rock era, where uh, a, a label or a platform is associated so closely with the sound, like Motown. Even sure. if you weren't on Motown, you could do the Motown sound. Even if you're not really a SoundCloud rapper, you might still have that SoundCloud rap sound.
3: Yeah, that's true. I just feel like, yeah, I feel like with mm. Trap, too, like everything became, oh, it's got a little, tra- it's it's kind of trappish, it's trappy. It's like Trap House was, you know, two years ago, was mm. like. Anything that had like right. a little bit of like, you know, any kind of island flavor, like <laughs> sprinkle it with some, 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 just a little oh, bit of, of seasoning. And now, yeah, all of a sudden it's, oh, this is
2: exotic and Afro beats. And it's like, no, this is so, it's, no. Yeah, it's definitely something we need to all kind of resolve to be better at in 2019 is with the hip hop nomenclature and just actually kind of referring to things by their actual genres and, or, or coming up with new genre names that actually describe the music they're talking about and aren't aren't quite so lazy. It's a, it's a good goal, I think, to have for the new year.
3: A song that should have been a bigger hit this year. Let me think of everything this year. <laughs> I know. So I'm glad I wrote this one. Uh, so no, I, got to think, I got to take a few. I got to take a second and think. Um, Want me to go first?
1: Yeah, go first. Yeah, uh, sure. You'll be shocked. This is from from the adult side of music. Celine Dion, Ashes. Really, from the the, the dead oh, wow. the dead.
3: It almost sort of plays on like the grandioseness and it's like it, it's it's a, not sure. not say a parody of a Celine Dion song, but it kind of is. No, I get that.
1: I didn't think it went so far over the line that it didn't fit for what 2018 music is. I really felt like uh, maybe in some ways her version of a of a hello kind of a song. And, and she's in that league. Uh, she's one of the few people like Adele who could pull off a battle like that. And I just think it quality wise, it was her best song in maybe a decade or so. And AC Radio played it a little bit. I really thought with... Uh, its association to Deadpool, the video being so fun that yeah, there was sort of that mm-hmm. element. That she was kind of uh, mocking that it is a big ballad, but at the same time, if you just listen to it, just a great song on its own. So I, I would have loved to to see if there was room at uh, top forty radio for that. Uh, there wasn't, but uh, yeah, it should have been it's asking a been lot bigger. of
2: of uh, top forty radio yeah. programs. I think considering the the uh, the peak of, of like cultural saturation that Shallow had to get to before programmers right. started taking that seriously to, right. for the Celine Dion song. That would, uh, I feel like I might have even answered this on our mid-year uh, podcast so apologies if I'm repeating myself here but uh, we talked a lot about Troy Sivan this year and uh, his song my 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 which was really it really caused a lot of excitement uh, and particularly around the office I think a lot of people really wanted to see big things for Troy and and to an to an extent they happened you know he had a ton of media covers this year he's in a, he's in a big movie this this holiday season he's uh, you know he, he's he's definitely taken that next lep, that next sort of leap in terms of visibility But the song My, 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 which was was one of, I think, one of the best pop songs of the year, never really took off on radio, never really uh, impacted the streaming world the way people would maybe hope for. And I think it peaked at number 80 total on the chart. It was like a mid-chart on the pop songs chart, too. Yeah, it didn't quite cut through. You know, And, you know, it's tough, uh, obviously, for for an openly queer pop star to really kind of get that sort of mainstream acceptance. And it's tough, really, for any kind of straightforward dance pop song, especially with a little bit of a kind of '80s production vibe to it. It's not really where radio's at these days, so maybe it was sort of a song without a country in that respect. But I think uh, you know the, we know a breakout break like that is going to happen for for Troy or, or or an artist of his caliber. And we we I think a lot of people were hoping it was going to be this one. So um, not this time, maybe next time.
1: Yeah, we're talking you know five seconds of summer in terms of the the bar had never been anywhere near as high as what they've done with Youngblood. Sure. So. Uh, it all it takes happen? is all Absolutely. it takes is one
3: song.
1: Yep. I gave you enough time, sure
3: I know. I'm sitting here racking my brain trying to. Didn't you say you wrote this question yourself I know, too?
1: <laughs> I know. I know. I did. See, when I read a I question, know, I, I make sure I have an answer. I know. Don't I know. I
3: know. It. it was a. It was a fake out. I'm trying to think of. I can't, Oh my god. What? What? Do I wish had been a bigger hit? I will say. Okay. One song. Well, well, I'll do. I'll do. I'll do a, I'll do a couple tiers. In terms of in <laughs> terms of <laughs> tears. Yeah. Ter- in terms of oh, in, in terms of Lord. hit that was big, but I, I wish it had been a little bit bigger. Um I'll I'll start off with Ape Shit. Hey.
2: Give me the ball, give me the ball, take a tap shift Come on girls and put them all on the spaceship.
3: I really thought that, that song had such good potential when it first came out especially because you know every of course you yeah, have beyonce jay-z the surprise album but i just think like at its core even after you sort of get over the, the the frills of it and the music video it's like i think it's just a good song i mean i know beyonce rapping it's, it's almost like the redemption of top off that we got at the top of the year <laughs> which comes which, which which i will also say when it comes to top off um I, that song has grown on me, I think, in, in some way. I,
2: I think that's the worst song that either of them have ever attached their names to. I mean, I, 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 wow.
0: I, it, it has
2: some interesting takeaways in the verses. Like They actually both bring their A-game, but they, they they waste it on just a nothing song. Like The chorus of that song is is, is insulting. I, okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Turn the top off the Maybach. That, 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 that's that's the main point that's of not, that song. That's
3: not the whole, that's not the whole line. It's, it's
2: pretty th- much Oh, well, th- Do you want to quote it for us? <laughs> yeah. To? Uh, okay,
3: so anyway, I'll say ape shit should have been should have been a, a little bit bigger, and and I wonder also if that if that does spell a little doom for the Carters in terms of because I mean this was a, obviously we talked about how they're not creating radio hits and that's not their focus anymore. This seemed like it kind of was though. I yeah. mean, so much of it is you got Quavo and somehow only Quavo doing the ad libs. I mean, it, it, it straight up called. It's it's got some shots at everybody: the Grammys shots, the, the NFL Super Bowl shots. It has a good hook to it. It's you know out there front and center. They they actually put a video together for it. They actually promoted it to radio as a as a single. And it felt like okay, maybe you know it didn't get the warmest reception. So I wonder what that does mean for Carterland going forward. If yeah. this is sort of the the down part of the roller coaster, yeah, it could
1: be. But Beyonce is just so not top of mind with pop programmers at this point. It's been it's been maybe too long. I mean, again, you're always one song away. But yeah, uh, you know, it'd be more of a surprise if she did have a pop hit. But at you
3: don't this think point. it's like I mean. I know she may not be top of mind in terms of we got to play this record, but I'm sure certainly they're thinking, oh, there's a new Beyonce, like we like we should hear the new Beyonce record. I mean, I, I feel I like mean, I feel like people root for Beyonce.
2: Yeah, I don't know anybody who would not want to put her on top forty. I guess yeah, I, I don't think, but I don't think even top forty should have been the goal with this song. I think they, I think if they were trying to get anywhere, this song it would have been on hip hop radio. I mean, it was uh, a big rhythmic hit, so it you know, pseudo, and, and, yeah. and it had some R and B hip hop, you know, some some
3: flavor, but. Yeah it, yeah, it wasn't really
2: like a streaming monster. It, it was, yeah, it was, didn't really cross over to the way you might have expected. I I, 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 do think there's some some validity to the idea that maybe that they're just a little bit, you know, saying a little bit too old is uncharitable. But it's, you know, no, nobody stays on top forever. And, and uh, you know, while they certainly still have, you know, the, the adoration of fans, and they're still you know top touring attractions, and they'll they'll they'll, they'll top the charts with pretty much every new album they release. Their time as as radio mainstays is probably coming to an end, yeah. That's
3: just so... I mean, the disconnect between sort of how, especially Beyoncé, you know, how how front and center as a celebrity she is. For sure, yeah. Because, I mean, yes, there are plenty of artists out there, I think, who have their touring prospects without the albums. And and quietly on the road, you know, Justin Timberlake can make $300 million or or whoever, but Justin Timberlake obviously is not quite the same front and center celebrity that Beyoncé is. So it just... To me, that, that disconnect, I don't know if it's maybe... Has it ever been this big for somebody who is? I mean, you could argue Beyonce is certainly maybe the number one celebrity still in this world. You know, I'm she's. Sure, sir. I, I mean, just, just the just the name drop, just the icon. You know, every you know everybody feels like, oh, I love Beyonce, Beyonce, were here, Beyonce, were here, Beyonce, so
2: cool. I mean, maybe you could say the same thing about someone like Paul McCartney or Elton John in the rock world. You know, they they certainly their names certainly ring out more than you know Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco. But would you expect to see them on the rock charts at this point? Probably not. Well, but I guess I mean, obviously it's like of a different
3: time and place, and I guess I I don't know. I mean, because
1: they're much further. past yeah, but yeah, the I mean, I mean but you have
3: like a, I mean, I don't know. You have a, like a song like Mehande, and it's, it's it's a sizable hit, and then Beyonce jumps on and mm-hmm. helps make it a bigger hit. Yeah, and technically
2: Beyonce on a number one single this very year with the yeah. with Sheeran's Perfect, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, so so it's not that people. I guess quote don't care about Beyoncé but it, it, it's it's it is a weird limbo. I mean, I will agree. Also, I will say side note um <laughs>
1: for something I you didn't remember. have an answer for. I you. know. <laughs> <you've> <laughs> <totally> <laughs> I I have answer. a
3: lot of thoughts about that yeah. cuz Carter's are very interesting. Um I also thought about this <laughs> that Billie Eilish song, you should see me in a crowd. Mm-hmm. That drop when I did first heard that song, I didn't see I mean, I don't think anybody saw that drop coming.
0: So for these ocean I- you should see me in the crowd i'm gonna run there's nothing to hide. watch me make them bow
3: One by, one, by, one, one by. i was like i didn't think i would like billy eilish it didn't sound like my kind sound. of you know just based on it whatever one had described her by um you know sort of a, 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 some alt rocky kind of girl, okay, I thought it was going to be a little more morose, a little more Lana Del Rey-ish, I guess. Mm -hmm. When I heard that song and she got that little trap I I (laughs)
0: said,
3: what? Wait a minute, run this back. You know, I mean, just that crown. I said, wait, hey, we can, you know, we can get into this. So I don't say it's a bop because it's not really a bop, but
0: it's good. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm not getting
2: any of mine here. Jeez, yeah. uh, this is Trevor with these the, the it, the it I You should have folded the corners. I, I know. I... I did, I thought All right, so this is another Trevor pick, obviously, uh, and it is a favorite beef of the year. All right.
1: Since I managed the Americana Folk chart, can I set this one out?
2: No, I, I, I think this test, this, has, this has your social relevance. Yeah, come on, wasn't Brandy Carlisle beefing with anybody I, this year? I,
1: I think no? Simon and Garfunkel maybe still aren't best of friends. <laughs> okay, okay, very that's my Actually,
2: okay. So I'll, I'll say I'll I'll go completely off the board here and say, uh, uh, a couple, like, I can't even remember totally which ones, but a couple of the uh, members, uh, past and present of the band Sticks. Uh, went out on tour this year, and uh, there was a lot of hype about the fact that they would finally play the song Mr. Roboto for the first time in maybe 35 years, since whatever, the, the, the Kilroy Was Here tour in 1983. Uh, and there had been a lot of disparaging of that general era in Styx history, as being all the vision of one guy, and I'm I'm, I'm going to say it's Dennis DeYoung, but it might not actually have been Dennis DeYoung. I can't remember for sure. But but we, we published three or four articles on Billboard this year, just just the snarkiest interviews you can possibly imagine between various members of this band, saying, oh well, you know that 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 that, that Mr. Roboto are that Kilroy is here. You know, fine, we'll play because the fans want to hear it, but that, that wasn't what Sticks was really about. And the other guys are like, oh, what are you talking about? Like, what what was so great about Sticks before Mr. Roboto anyway? And just the back and forth with that, I thought it, it was absolutely legendary. I enjoyed following that immensely this year.
1: Well, that made me think, actually. Uh, yeah, there is one. Uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh, that yeah, was your now ours, was that Fleetwood one, Mac. Yeah. Lindsay, you would think uh, late 60s, early <laughs> you'd think they'd be beyond all that. It, it's like rumors all over again. It, they just, never they can't yeah. get out of, They can't get out of their own way. I mean, to do
3: what Lindsay's doing, his own tour, like, at the same time, that the, it's so, yeah, it's, I mean, ultimate petty moves. Ultimate, ultimate. ultimate. Um, I actually was going to say Fleetwood. I, I was thinking about Fleetwood. Yeah. I actually was really thinking about Fleetwood Mac.
1: Favorite music meme. I'll give a couple. I guess one uh, really current, uh, just all the stuff uh, with uh, related to Thank You Next. Just c- kind of nice to see that uh, work on a pop level because it feels like pop music just doesn't always get that push from a meme. But all the one-taught-me-patience, all that stuff, just totally uh, overtook it in a way that you usually don't see for pop music. So uh, Power of Ariana uh, really seems uh, behind that. Uh, I don't know if this is a meme as much as just something social-related, but justice for glitter.
2: Justice for Glitter oh, what, a, what a proud yes. Deserved yes. it so much Glamoury. Yeah and, Much and better album senior treasurer, Gary Trust Yeah
1: absolutely yeah. I, I didn't start it But I, I, I support it
3: I love it uh, My favorite of the year For sure Has to be uh, it's, it's the Lady Gaga A Star is Born Related one It's the, the speech The 99 <laughs> oh, out of The 99 yes. people In a room this, Well this is what it is
4: There can be 100 people In the room And 99 Don't believe in you But, I had this one incredible talent with me. There can be a hundred people in the room and 99 don't believe in you and you just need one to believe in you and that was him, so. You can have a hundred people in the room that are watching you and 99 don't believe in you and one does and that was him, so. You know, there could be a hundred people in the room and 99 don't believe but all it takes is one.
3: So if you hadn't seen that, you know, it's, I mean, literally they interview upon interview upon interview upon interview. Lady Gaga pulls out that exact same quote I mean doesn't even change the numbers doesn't change anything about it she,
2: she sounds increasingly bored while she's saying it too like <laughs>
3: it's like I, I don't know why they were I mean I don't know if they just like read some Oscar manual that this was this was <laughs> this is what you do on the red carpet but just when somebody stitched those clips together I thought that was just incredible there's no variation in it and yeah so somebody unearthed a clip of Madonna giving uh well, this is what Madonna had to say back in the day. And there's
0: 100 people in the room, and 99 people say they liked it. I only remember the one person who didn't.
3: And impressively, some people, uh, I guess, kind of wonder, you know, maybe, maybe is that a subtle, almost sort of, what if Gaga purposefully, like, went back and found that and, like, almost, like, turned that into her own mantra? She's like, a student in history. What if she's, like, that, that calculating? This is not some just random PR. Like, this is a, this is like a low. Like petty cutting stunt.
1: That's so weird because Gaga's never been compared to Madonna before.
2: I know, it's the, first first time, right, yeah. yeah, this would be yeah, amazing. There's parallels there when you think about it. It's it's, it's it's amazing nobody's brought it up before.
1: All right, let's do a couple more. Trevor, back to you.
2: Oh God, okay, all right. We'll uh, kind of rapid fire. I, I wrote six of these things. I don't, I don't know how they got all, all buried at the very bottom. Oh, this denser is paper than anybody else. I'm not sure. I
3: guess. Okay, Andrew. Uh, Andrew asks, which artist did you miss the most on the charts this year? Does that mean like complete absence? No, I,
2: I think it's just somebody who just didn't have their kind of, a, a sort of a, a chart perennial who didn't really have that much of an impact. Maybe like a little bit of a hangover impact from 2017 or maybe like a one-off here or there, but didn't really, like what wasn't really a major player on the top of the charts this year, even though they normally are. Justin Timberlake album. Kind
0: of. Oh, oh I, see I,
2: that, I, was, kinda, that isn't even what I was thinking. I, I, I was thinking right. about somebody who tried and failed. I was thinking about somebody who just kind of sat out. But, oh. but that's fine. Go, go on. Well, Justin, yeah, no. like
1: That uh, I'll give the other Justin. Justin Bieber. Sure. Uh, feels like 2019. Uh, maybe it's, at this point it will have been uh, over three years since he's been back with an album of his own. So uh, there, Justin. Justin is my answer to everything. Okay.
2: What, what about you, Trevor?
3: Um, I will say. <laughs> I mean, obviously, to Houston would have been. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that, have, that would have been nice to sure. have seen on on the chart in some capacity. Um, I will go with probably the artist that I think a lot of people are most looking forward to coming back allegedly in 2019 because of how visible Rihanna was this year, yet sure. not on the music scene. And and you know it's pretty rare because I mean Rihanna even um, when she's not doing her own albums has usually been so high profile and all the collaborations like there's always sort of rare that she takes a year something off. Yeah. out there yeah this was i think the first time i really can remember yeah that she mm-hmm. i mean and and obviously she was still out there with fenty beauty killing it at the met gala so she ocean's was still eight. oceans eight yeah. yeah so she was very very visible but uh interested to see what she comes up with next year in particular because a lot of the rumors are that the album's going to be a very heavy into dance hall and and you know sort of her island roots um hopefully that comes true because i think a lot of people will really be into that especially as i mean even you saw with normani you know afro beats and and african and uh, reggae and drop house all. still around just call it I'm uh, not. no it's not no no Trophouse house is <laughs> no Trophouse house is the y'all's version <laughs> y'all's version. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay but i will say Take that, that, that i feel on that one but i think that's the big thing because i think i think for people who to your point Maybe think that we haven't even quite heard the full invasion, if you want to call it that, of what those island sounds sound like. I mean, nobody's going to be a better ambassador to bring those out than Rihanna. So Rihanna in the spring, summertime next year, if she makes that her mark, I mean, she she could be the Drake of this year, I'll say it.
2: Yeah, no, I think those are probably the two biggest, the two most obvious biggest answers are probably Justin Bieber and Rihanna. I'll go a little bit more down down ballot, and I'll say uh, Sam Hunt, who uh, did have one song this yeah, year, yeah. Uh, the, that "Downtown's Dead," which really uh, kind of stiffed, the sort of sort of yeah. low key. Uh, I, I thought that song was good, but it, it clearly wasn't as kind of I don't know, streaming friendly, forward thinking, uh, hybrid sound. His body like a back road, which was you know, obviously the country song of twenty seventeen. Uh, and we kind of missed him on the top of the charts this year because instead we got a lot of uh, BB Rex on Florida Georgia Line and you know some other stuff too. Uh, well, with that record also
3: gone, I mean that's something that his, his hot country songs record feels like. You know, he could
2: always have kind of had that, but with mm-hmm. that gone too, it maybe makes his return a little more. Yeah, he's got, he's got something to fight for again. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, so uh, hope hope, to see, hope uh, you know he's finally settled down into his married life. and He's ready to to get back into the studio in 2019. This feels like my- now nah, it's another Trevor. All right, but I like this one. All right. Uh, most impactful music video of the year.
1: I feel like I have to go, I have mean, just on my mind again, but Ariana just okay. uh, because uh, the song had already been huge. Just uh, the sweetener came around and it was a hit, but it just wasn't the hit that uh, Now Thank You Next has has become on its own. And you always wonder if if an artist waits a little bit for that video to come out, do you lose some of the buzz? But she really did a masterful job of teasing it. So it kind of kept that buzz going for when the video would come, uh, pieces of it. And by tying in uh, pieces of uh, movies from the 2000s, it it just hit people at so many different levels, uh, memories of watching that stuff. So it just really uh, feels like it made what was already a big hit. And already a huge pop culture hit, even bigger on another level. And I think it's going to last at uh, number one uh, because of that even
2: more. I was at a party a couple weekends ago and we just started talking about the Thank You Next video. And there, there aren't a lot of music videos in the 21st century that you just kind of sit around a party talking about with people that aren't necessarily even music industry, music obsessive type people. But right. just if you were in pop culture this year, you know about the Thank You Next video. And that, that's sort of a, a cool thing about 2018, I think. Uh, for my answer, to this I'll, I'll just I'll give an artist as, as kind of a as somebody who sort of blanketed the music video landscape this year, and then that, that's Drake. Uh, Drake, uh, first off, his, his his own three music videos, obviously uh, "God's Plan," uh, "Nice for What," and "In My Feelings." All all three, I think, directed by Karen Evans. Don't forget, "Hey, you, Hey, I'm Upset" is out there too. I'm, that, I forgot about "I'm Upset." All four, that's true. I'm upset. You're that I'm was a big video too. And so those are are four. Enormous videos, both in terms of their their, their scope and their budgets and their, their their narratives and their their star cameos. I mean, th- those are event videos, all four of them, uh, and not just his own. Uh, I'll also throw a Travis Scott's sicko mode in there. I'll also throw. A, oh, what was the other one? I had another good one. Uh, yeah, it's skipping me at the moment. Uh, but uh, it, it seemed like just about every video that, that Drake touched this year, uh, it was kind of on that like classic MTV and almost like a Michael Jackson sort of thing, yeah. where it's like, okay, this is this this is gonna be what you guys are talking about for the next week and then that that's that's an impressive sort of a commitment to make the music videos in twenty eighteen.
3: Uh unfortunately oh. I'm gonna echo I'm gonna echo the sentiment, not not just of Drake, but I think a particular um I think nice for what is is a standout video only well not only, but because of a lot of things and I think one of the big things that I, I didn't realize sort of at the top of the year when it all kind of happened is that video came out um the day after after cardi b's uh invasion of privacy dropped which is which is interesting because i think a lot of people on twitter were sort of noting that you know you knew the cardi album was coming and that was going to you know going to be a quote for the women and then drake was having this new song come back and a lot of people thought that that would be sort of the counterbalance and then for drake to drop the most like pro women (laughs) possible and i mean you know even by drake standards who always is supportive and You know, whatever. Supportive in his own way, certainly. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, at least, you know, he's not the most most bashing rapper out there. (laughs) To come back with that, and and then to have the smarts to, you know, I think with God's plan, he was the center of the video in the sense of giving away the money. It was all about Drake, 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 Drake. Steps back and nice for what? You know, let's let's all these women have the forefront. And and you can almost argue the video sort of doesn't align quite with the song because of just just the the feel of it, just like the ease of it. It's kind of this high-tempo song. None of the women necessarily seem to be bothered. They're just kind of, you know, like Tracee Ellis Ross kind of just floating out there. You're almost like, is this synced up properly? But I think um, particularly in a year of, I mean, so much black culture out there, so many uh, black women, you know, making, I mean, everywhere from Stacey Abrams to what Cardi B has done to, I mean, just across the spectrum. I think all that coming together in a way that not only, was sort of informed by the conversation but really helped form the conversation i think is just such a smart 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 move not only just in terms of marketing and strategy but just in terms of being the change that you want to see out there you know i I have no doubt that this is genuine drake i don't think this is somebody trying to just hop on a trend even though that oddly enough has been so much of his mo for his entire life but uh, I just think it'll go down probably as the, the the best of those music videos for those reasons.
1: Feels fitting to rap with Drake. We're talking about 2018. Uh, not a fishbowl question, but any uh, any predictions, uh, overall arching predictions for 2019. I'll say, uh, is pop going to come back on the level it's been at before the whole hip hop uh, takeover? Uh, hip hop can only really stay at this peak it kind of mm-hmm. has nowhere to go but down or it could again continue doing S- what it's doing so we think we we yeah. believe in our own peril You could say but, or you know is is uh is uh is high hopes is happier some of these hits mm-hmm. that have come along thank you next is that uh is that a sign that maybe pop is on its way back on a bigger level in 2019?
2: Uh, I think there's going to be even more crossover between rap and rock, and and not not in the sort of like new metal way of the late 90s, early aughts, but just in the sense that we're going to start treating people that we used to think of pri- primarily, I think, as rappers as kind of the rock stars of today, and and not not even just in like how they how they like the the, the, the of their fans and the, the the arenas they're selling out or whatever, but I think we're going to see them more on rock radio. I think that we're we're going to be seeing them more like in rock Grammy categories. Like I, I think there's going to be. They're going to cross all the way over to the point where we're thinking of just as much as rock artists as we are as rappers. I
1: I think all genres are just going to keep crossing over. You know, B.B. Rex of Florida, Georgia Line. It's it's getting harder to be surprised by any collaboration. I think it's just the way uh, people create music now. Uh, You don't even need to ever meet each other. It can all be uh, created online so easily. I think it's all going to become uh, one melting pot even more so.
3: There are two things I'll say. Um, I think one in particular, a trend that or I shouldn't say trend, but I guess something that probably will continue to happen. Uh, I'm very interested to see how next year's crop of pop stars who return to the to the circuit how they fare. Yeah. Just in particular because we you know we saw this year's crop didn't do particularly amazing, and I think next year it feels like um, if we're due for a Selena Gomez album. What you know? What will will that landscape be? Ariana Grande, very much a contemporary of hers, obviously kind of, not obviously kind of survived. She she survived she and won. thrived. Yeah. yeah, but that's certainly the exception more than than the rule. I think there are other. I think Gary's favorite, Megan Trainer, is coming back in a few weeks. Um, I also think one one contingent of people that we haven't talked a lot about is the One Direction boys. Hmm. I think. I mean, we know Zane is coming back and. and He's had some misfires with, with with some of those songs, and I mean he's
2: put out a lot of songs, really. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I think he he's the the and prime I, example of that model backfiring the uh, the one every two months sort of model.
3: Well, 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 yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, try and hopefully something sticks.
1: Feels like they all kind of had solo music out at once, all of a sudden. So yeah. now. They haven't for a while so yeah it's in terms of a uh, lifespan of uh, boy band fans it's it's been a minute
3: yeah and i mean and obviously some of them you know harry obviously wasn't geared towards a radio hit per se but you wonder if that will be more important going out some of them have had some hit singles not really followed up with albums yet it feels like one or two or maybe three of them will, well at least we know zane will be coming back next year but it feels like it's about time for that conversation to start up again also what happens with the Fifth Harmony women? I think Normani's going to be one that people are really going to be looking out for to see if she can replicate the success of Camila. And to that point, I, I, think, I think R&B will make a comeback next year. Obviously, it's not at its high point by any means, so the Senate could say, well, there's nowhere else for it to fall. But I think right. if you look at someone like a Normani, if you continue – what I don't know if LMA will be out with a new album next year per se, but you feel like her momentum will keep going. Um, somebody put out an EP this year but maybe he's back with an album next year The Weeknd who really has been carrying a lot of the R&B flag for a while also it'll be about three years since Bruno Mars and I'm not sure what direction oh my god that's yeah. true it'll be, well 2016 was when yeah, 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 yeah very Magic late came 2016 out. but yeah obviously this was a huge year for him just off the Grammys and then Finesse on top of that so it feels like the R&B stars will be aligning you you, you continue to see Daniel Caesar making inroads. So I think that R and B will definitely be back, and especially yeah, if you want to. New says album too. Yeah, yeah. New says album, and if you want to also throw in sort of the, the the dance hall reggae flares. I mean, depending on what Rihanna does, like I think that all will be, a nice look for the genre coming up.
1: Even uh, Ariana said that uh, the album is, is going to be more R and B than uh, she's she's played the pop game. I mean, she said so. Sweetener
2: it, is a pretty R and B album itself, and Thank You yeah. Next is pretty much a straight R and B songs. So, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, be maybe surprising.
1: even uh, again more of that mixing of uh, pop R and B, really everything. We'll put away the fishbowl and uh, bring it back when we can uh, figure out some of these predictions. Can't wait! All right, so uh, thank you, Andrew. Uh, as always, oh, always a pleasure. We love doing this podcast every week. I don't uh, know if we. I don't know if we love it don't anymore. Love it. <laughs> we don't love it anymore. Uh, we, we really do. We're we're all chart geeks. We know people who listen to this. Really, uh, this is just such a passion. So it's uh, it's always fun uh, for us to. Uh, sometimes it goes longer than an hour. It's because we we really care about this stuff and we care about uh, historically how uh, something happened.
3: Is anybody listening to this part? <laughs> Are we just
1: speaking into the void? Doing my big fancy speech here at the end? Uh, no, we we love uh, just all history of pop music. How stuff happening now uh, plays into what was done uh, maybe fifty years ago or more. So uh, uh, thanks for listening. Is what I'm trying to say really quickly and. Uh, uh, more ahead uh, in 2019 so uh let's wrap up with the uh, person who's synonymous with the end of the year and uh, the year in music every year for about a decade now dj airworm always puts out the united state of pop mashup uh every year going back to 2009 It's done it again here in 2018 uh, so always curious how this comes together what's what's uh, his his whole way of putting this together is it uh, something that early on in the year he's got his eye on or when it's uh the end of the year time to uh, uh uh, just uh, crunch uh, all in, in one night and get it done. So he's going to talk about that. And, uh, that wraps us up for 2018 here on the billboard Sharpie podcast. Be, me.
0: Love me, love me, love me Cause I need you. I need you. Baby it's
3: true.
1: To DJ Earworm, thank you so much for coming on the Billboard Sharpie Podcast.
4: Thank you, thank you.
1: So uh, synonymous at this point with uh, the end of the year in music, uh, United State of Pop. So uh, United State of Pop 2018, this year it's subtitled Turn It Up. Uh, is this year's any easier or harder than years past? Where where do you put this one?
4: Oh, geez. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of in between, I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's getting harder in some ways because a lot of these hip hop songs, they don't release acapellas. uh, And also I think we're right now stylistically starting to diversify in pop music. And so, uh, there's a lot of different types you have to incorporate, which you know it has it hasn't always been the case.
1: You said uh, acapella. Is that how you build it? Every year you go uh, for the acapella versions.
4: I, I always try to find instrumentals and acapellas. Yeah, and it it, it it all it all depends on you know what's available, what, what what I have, what I can get my hands on, you know, and and. Uh, and practices change uh, with different genres as well. Like you'll you'll never find a country music acapella, but that's from the studio, yeah. you know. But you'll you'll find a lot of, it. and and hip hop is also a lot of times not so common. I, I think a lot of times with hip hop they don't, you know, uh, the the hits they come about more organically, uh, and so I think when people make a big pop song they kind of know it's got a chance to be big where I think hip hop, it's a little bit more just like, well, let's see what the people like.
1: So talking about hip hop yeah. and, and pop, and it's always the United States of pop. So I know we're always comparing pop yeah. to pop each year, but yeah, this year there was such yeah. a, a takeover on the charts of hip hop over pop. And sure. you, you hear Drake in yeah. this. He's he's still obviously a pop. So yeah, what was it uh, like for you? It sounds like it was a little bit more challenging to maybe work in uh, some of some of the more uh, rap elements as opposed to just uh, nothing but pop hooks, like in, uh, maybe more so in past years.
4: Yeah, it definitely was diversified. You know, when I when I call it the United States of Pop, that's pop as in popular music, not pop as in, you know, the specific melodic end of popular music that's, you know, a little bit more catchy and all that. Um, but uh, but definitely the, the rise of hip-hop uh, is... It, it presents a challenge, you know, although... Uh, mm... It, because the music, the, the hip hop is starting to become much more sung than it used to. So, like hip hop is starting to turn into R and B in a way. Like if you, like you can actually notate it. I mean, I don't know if there were many raps this year that didn't have a pitch. So, it, so you you could say that they were all sung. <laughs>
3: So when you're you're talking about um, acapellas in particular and having to search out and find these these renditions of these songs, is this something that that you have to sort of do last minute at the end of the year, or are there certain checkpoints over the year where you're like, okay, it's been six months, I feel like you know God's plan or, or something is going to be one of those top songs? So do you have more right. time to space it out, or is it a sort of a last minute rush? It's both, you know.
4: So all, all throughout the year, I'm. Um you know, if there's a big hit, I'm, I'm, I have my eyes open for components. And then, you know, at the end of the year, I say, okay, what do I have? What do I need? <laughs> you know, and then I look for what I need. And if I can't find it anywhere, then I, I, I start thinking about, well, how am I going to create my own extractions? There's been some really cool technology coming out this year to enhance the ability to, you know, to make extractions as well with some of this AI uh, technology that's coming out.
3: So, so from a, at least a technical standpoint, it probably has gotten easier over the past decade in sort of the, how to technically create it.
4: Yeah, it's gotten easier to create your own and harder to find the originals, which is kind of strange because, you know, I would say, you know, uh, say back in the 90s, it was pretty hard to find acapellas. And then maybe 10 years ago, it was really easy. and Now it's getting a little bit harder again to find the originals.
1: How long would you say uh, it takes you to put this together? And it, it sounds like you're, you're doing some work throughout the year. But is, is, is the real bulk of the yeah. actual creation, is that done in December? What what kind of time frame would you put on it?
4: Mostly, I'm sort of thinking about it in the background, uh, just sort of analyzing how the year feels, you know, what songs I, I'm particularly drawn to that are, uh, you know, big. But then um, right around November... Uh, Start to, I kind of start to be a little bit more focused to say, okay, I actually have to put these together into something that sounds good <laughs> now, <laughs> rather than just think about it. Yeah, there's is, there's is, there is sort of an early December deadline. Yeah, it's my own deadline, but you know, I, I, I prefer it to come out in early December rather than you know right before New Year's.
3: And when you're making it, you know, you can hear this this mashup, and you sort of hear segments. Um, I think kind of based around what the bass track is, you know, at one point it's like Love Lies is sort of yeah. the underlying current, new rules at one point. Do you build right. those as like separate sections and then sort of try to splice them together? Or do right. you do you start at the beginning yeah. and just switch up when you, when you feel like you've used enough of one song?
4: Oh, it's never a beginning to end kind of thing. Um, but sometimes uh, it starts with sort of a lyrical concept, you know, uh, and sometimes it starts with instrumentals. Uh, but this year, I really wanted to mm, have a more integrated instrumental than I had maybe in the past couple of years. And so I had, you know, these stems for new rules. And uh, I had some pretty cool, like, extracted the flute from um, uh mine. And so I, start, I, was, I started purely with the instrumental. And I had almost the whole instrumental structure done, before i laid down the vocals now that's not like the formula that's just how i wanted to do it this year and how it sort of came about
1: Yeah, I feel like you're really great at uh, finding things that maybe you wouldn't think uh, really match up. Hearing uh, the meant to be phrase, obviously from uh, FGL and BB Rexa, but Halsey, it's almost yeah. like you made this new duet between them. They're both singing meant to be from totally different
4: songs. Yeah, once I once I realized they both said meant to be and then I, I had this I was just trying to figure out, well, what what are we meant to be? You know, uh uh and then I I had that that echoing one from um, Do a Lipa and I was like, "Oh yeah, we're meant to be one." Yeah. And once, once that came about, I was like, "Well, that's perfect." I, I, I like, I, I'm really drawn to the theme of unity for the United States of pop because it's you know part of the whole sort of message of you know uh, that all of this music is is united, you know, and and so I think if, I, I often come back to the theme of unity. Um, which I think is a little bit more powerful now that, you know, our culture is so, you know, uh, divided. <laughs> There's even extra potent. But Yeah, so once I came on that phrase, I was like, okay, that's it. That's got to be
1: it. Yeah. You know? And uh, Turn It Up as the subtitle this year from Ariana, from No Tears Left to Cry. Did, yeah. did that, uh, yeah. that just come about as you were creating it, or did you think from the beginning that's going to be the subtitle?
4: Oh uh, no, that kind of came about uh, from after it was composed, and I was just trying to um, figure out what 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 is this, what does this mean, and what's the what's what, what the vibe? Yeah, and yeah, just something um, positive and and um, not, not not too deep.
1: <laughs> yeah, how much would you say is uh, you go in with the plan and you say this is how it's going to be, and how much of it uh, just as you begin creating it sort of takes on its own life and, and becomes the final product.
4: Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's, it's not really, there's not a lot of a plan. Sometimes there's a little bit of one. My plan going in was, okay, let me see if I can integrate. I wanted to integrate the music. I wanted to keep it, um, energetic because, uh, you know, the the, the, uh, the past year or two has not. I haven't been putting out as energetic mashups. You know, I I, I, I that's because pop music itself hasn't been as energetic. Right. But so I sort of went for the more energetic beats, like the like the Ariana Grande uh, "No Tears Left to Cry" and of course the uh, New Girls uh, was 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 a great thing to base it on and because they've got enough uh, energy. So so uh, yeah, that was the plan was to make it energetic upbeat and but I had no idea what it was you know I, I it's kind of like well the song's there I just have to uh, discover it
1: right Do you ever get stuck in the process in the writer's block Is there a mashup block ever
4: Oh yeah I would say I would say I would say almost every time there is a time in the competition process where I'm like what this 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 it's not going to come together this year, (laughs) you know, uh, what I have, it sounds okay, but it's not, you know, stirring me in any kind of way. And, um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just about persistence. Sometimes you just say, okay, you know what, I'm going to put this down for the day and distract myself. And maybe, maybe when I come back tomorrow, something will happen, you know, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it, it, it never happens entirely easily, and sometimes it's harder than others.
3: And does that does that growth now that in the past decade you know people are looking forward to it, you know you sort of have this, this self-imposed deadline, how has, has the growth and the uh, popularity of this sort of changed your expectations or, or your process of how you make it? Or has it?
4: Well, I would say, you know, the first year I did it was just, can, can I do something like this, you know? The second year, no one expected anything, and I was like, well, I could try to do it again, you know, but but then by the third year, there becomes some sort of expectation, although, you know, no one had really heard of me by by then, but, but the third year, it, when it, once it blew up, then it's like, oh, okay, not only, you know, is there an expectation, but it's like a, a widespread one. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely, uh, after, after the third year, the the pressure ratcheted up you know it's uh it's 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 probably less pressure now because it's been i've done it for so long um that I, i i'm confident that i can do it um and you know it's not like everything depends on my next move you know at this point but uh there's always a pressure because it has to be something that's Good, something that is beautiful, and it has to be on time as well. And and you know, sure you can always get on time, but can you always get on time with being able to actually say something you love to say with integrity?
1: <laughs> yeah. What's cool in a in a very meta way is that uh, a lot of these era mashups have hit Billboard charts. So, uh, so yeah, you're taking songs that uh, became huge chart hits, and then what you're creating winds up a chart hit itself. That's going to be kind of cool for you to, to see uh, your version of all these hits become a chart hit itself.
4: Yeah, that'd be pretty meta. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so sometimes it, it, it gets on the, you know, you see it on the radio charts and it's, it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool.
1: I read that it was maybe around 2003 that you got the idea to start doing mashups. Internet uh, culture yeah. was starting to, to come together, but I, yeah. I, I read that you said you, you weren't really finding a lot of that online or, or anywhere else, and, and you figured, well, someone has to make this. It might as well be me.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of started making mashups before I really. And then my, I, I had a friend that, was, that told me, hey, you just made a mashup, you know? And I was, oh! <laughs> Yeah, that that, that's, that must be how they make them, you know? And uh, yeah, I started putting them online. I didn't even know what, you know, an acapella or instrumental was, but um, I, I just knew that I really liked listening to music and putting it together. Yeah, and it, it just um, it grew, it grew from there.
3: Um, looking ahead to next year in particular for 2019, uh, one thing I'm yes. thinking of is we kind of, this will be your first full decade doing it. Have you ever thought of expanding into like doing like the decade in pop next year?
4: Definitely, I I would think of like doing uh, you know decade-long things and also going maybe going back in time you know to before I started uh, all the music that um, people love but but you know uh, sort of happened before massive got big and before the, the our current technology was out there so yeah I would definitely think of different ways of you know encapsulating the present and past.
1: I'm old enough, and you're on the phone right now, uh, so I'm going to ask the DJ uh, if you want to do one from 1988, <laughs> 89, 90. Uh, go at it! I'd love to listen to that
4: music I grew up. That would be fantastic. I, 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 yeah, I, I would. I, I mean, in my dreams, I would go all the way back to the 60s. Yeah. You know, maybe even maybe the 50s. You know, just back when when music started getting groovy. You know.
3: <laughs> I think yeah, some of those disco years, in particular. Yeah. Though, I mean, those beats, those would give some uh, good. yeah.
4: The yeah. 70s ones, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, go so back like, uh, 40 years ago, 1979. That would be, you know, deep, all that. That would be fantastic. Uh, you know, uh, but I think that was the year disco kind of jumped the shark. I think <laughs> it would be great. It would be great. <laughs>
1: yeah, it might, might be a little tough, like you know, 1980, 81, when there are a lot of uh, you know, Kenny Rogers ballads. Uh, if you can find some tempo there. That's, Bring it Yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. Part uh, of the yeah. challenge. We'd ask you if you're already creating uh, next years, but uh, I guess you you can't. That's one thing. Uh, so must be some no, relief. Uh, must be some relief. You, you know, you have to at least wait for the music to happen before you can start planning it.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's 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 nothing can be done. I just I can watch the charts. You know, there, you know there's there's two songs already the new healthy song and then high hopes are they're both contenders, but we'll see.
3: <laughs> no rest for the weary. It sounds
1: like already gotta be planning. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, DJ Airworm, thank you so much. It's the first time we've got into this, and we've been listening to these medleys for yeah about a decade now. So it's really fun to uh, hear the whole wow, process of wow. it. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're all getting old.
4: <laughs> yep. <laughs> all
1: right, thank you so much. Happy holidays.
4: Okay, you too. We
2: it up. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.